Hey, you. I bet you would have never guessed that I used to be on the radio for five years. Where has that personality gone? I have no idea, and apparently I cannot pronounce personality. Ha ha! Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to... <clears throat> Episode four, maybe five, on Odd Only Knows. Today we're going to be talking about uh, 21 Grams Experiment and the Soul. Um, it's kind of unusual because normally I talk about uh, serial killers and um, ghosts or fo folklore and things like that. But I figured I'd change it up. I forgot about the 21 Grams Experiment and then I delved deep into the uh, aspects of the soul and I went down a deep rabbit hole. So you're going to get a lot of information out of this episode, and hopefully you enjoy it. The soul in many religions, philosophical and mythological traditions, is the incorporeal essence of a living being. Soul or psych comprises uh, the mental abilities of a living being. Reason, character, feeling, consciousness, memory, perception, thinking, etc. Depending on the philosophical system, a soul can either be mortal or immortal. In Judaism and in Christianity, only human beings have immortal souls. For example, the Catholic theologian Thomas Aquinas attributed soul to all organisms, but argued that only human souls are immortal. Other religions, most notably Hinduism and Jainism, hold that all living things from the smallest bacterium to the largest of mammals are the souls themselves and have their physical representative, the body, in the world. The actual self is the soul, while the body is only a mechanism to experience the karma of that life. Some teach that even non-biological entities such as rivers and mountains possess souls. This belief is called animism. By the way, that's my cat running around like a crazy animal because she's bored as fuck. Um, animism is the belief that objects, places, and creatures all possess a distinct spiritual essence. Potentially, animism perceives all things, animals, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and perhaps even words as animated and alive. Although each culture has its own different mythologies and rituals, animism is said to describe the most common foundational thread of indigenous people's spiritual or supernatural perspectives. The animistic perspective is so widely held and inherent to most indigenous peoples that they often do not even have a word in their language that corresponds to animism. The term is simply an anthropologic construct. So what about existentialists? What do they believe? Existentialism is a philosophy that emphasizes individual existence, freedom, and choice. It is the view that humans define their own meaning in life and try to make rational decisions despite existing in an irrational universe. Most existentialists don't believe in the soul because most of them don't believe in God. But generally, most theologians don't even know what to think of the soul, given that in Christian theology, the soul is distinguished from the heart, mind, and body. Most of those of a religious belief 
in life, everlasting for the faithful, a continuation of the life force that reaches far beyond the limitations of mortal flesh. In such belief systems, death is not an end, but a transformation. Though people shed their corporal selves at the moment of demise, that which made them unique beings' lives, on to rejoin the Creator. We call the intrinsic personhood the soul, an entity described in the dictionary as the immaterial essence, animating principle, or actuating cause of an individual life. Yet, as much as we believe in the concept of the soul, this life spark remains strictly an article of faith. As central to our perception of ourselves, it can't be seen or heard or smelled or touched or tasted. the state of affairs that leaves some of us uneasy. Without the soul, dead is dead. But if it could be proved to exist, a great deal of anxiety over what happens to us when we die would be vanquished. But let's go on to what we're here for, the 21 grams experiment. In 1901, Duncan McDougall conducted an experiment in which he made weight measurements of patients as they died. He identified six patients in nursing homes whose deaths were imminent. Four were suffering from tuberculosis, one from diabetes, and one from unspecified causes. McDougall specifically chose people who were suffering from conditions that caused physical exhaustion, as he needed the patients to remain still when they died to measure them accurately. When the patients looked like they were close to death, the entire bed was placed on an industrial-sized scale that was sensitive within two-tenths of an ounce. He had previously determined the weight loss attributed to evaporation of moisture from the skin, and by comparison, this was sudden and much larger. He even controlled for weight loss due to urine and fecal elimination and concluded that these could not account for the change in weight. Air loss from lungs were not the answer either, as he determined by lying on the scale himself and noting that breathing had no effect on weight. One of the patients lost weight, but then put the weight back on, and two of the other patients registered a lost weight at death, but a few minutes later lost even more weight. One of the patients lost three-fourths of an ounce, or 21.3 grams, in weight, coinciding with the time of death. McDougall disregard the results of another patient on the grounds the scales were not finely adjusted and discounted the results of another as the patient died while the equipment was still being calibrated. So basically, he claimed that there was weight loss of varying amounts at the time of death. He concluded that the soul weighed 21 grams based on measurements of a single patient and discarding conflicting results. After weighing his six patients on the belief that humans have souls and that animals do not, McDougall went on to work on dogs. How he got his hands on 15 dying dogs is not clear. He measured the changes in weight from 15 dogs after death. McDougall said he wished to use dogs who were sick or dying for his experiment, though he was unable to find any. It is therefore presumed he poisoned healthy dogs. McDougall reported that none of the dogs lost any weight after death. Six years later, in 1907, the findings were revealed to an intrigued public in the publication American Medicine, alongside the coverage in the New York Times. The paper was titled, it's a long one, here you go, Hypothesis Concerning Soul Substance Together with Experimental Evidence of the Existence of Such Substance. 
Oh my gosh, say that five times fast. Following the publication of the experiment in American medicine, physician Augustus P. Clark criticized the experiment's validity. Clark noted that at the time of death, there is a sudden rise in body temperature as the lungs are no longer cooling blood, causing a subsequent rise in sweating, which could easily account for McDougall's missing 21 grams. Clark also pointed out that, as dogs do not have sweat glands, they would not lose weight in this manner after death. Dr. McDougall countered by saying that death stops blood circulation in the body. So the question of blood rushing to the skin and raising body temperature simply does not arise. Clark's criticism was published in the May issue of American Medicine. Arguments between McDougall and Clark debating the validity of the experiment continued to be published in the journal until at least December uh, that year. So obviously the case has been cited as an example of selective reporting. So despite its rejection within the scientific community, McDougall's experiment popularized the concept that the soul has weight, and specifically that it weighs 21 grams. The experiment itself is heavily critiqued by the medical and scientific community. The results were somewhat flawed, and the sampling rate was far too small to make any real conclusions. The concept itself opens up a Pandora's box of ethical and religious implications, making it a very controversial experiment and topic. In 1911, the New York Times reported that McDougall was hoping to run experiments to take photos of souls, but he appeared to not have continued any further research into the area and died in 1920. Following the same photography concept, Russian scientist Konstantin Korotkov, who is a leader in the field of Kirlian photography, also known as aura photography, claimed to have used this technology to capture photographic proof that the soul leaves the body. He photographed a person who was reaching the end of life. Apparently blue in the photos show the life force of a person. As they were dying, the blue disappeared, and he used this as quote-unquote evidence that the soul had left the body. According to the paper that Constantine published, the investigations were carried out in the same room using the same equipment and the same ambient room temperature of 18 degrees maintained by thermostat controllers. The experiments were conducted over a span of two years. Patients were both men and women aged between 19 and 70 years old. Kirlian photography almost looks like a thermal image of a person and temperature obviously can affect this. Critics of this experiment have stated that the visual changes are due to the body temperature change and body going through a decompression, which causes a variation in the results and does not provide any proof of a soul leaving the body. In fact, it has been widely debated that the method of Kirlian photography is not reliable in this sort of study. It is worth noting that the measure is heavily criticized. Doctors all over the world use Korotkov's Kirlian technology to help monitor patients and their stress levels in hospital. Others have attempted that same types of experiments on various animals with mixed results. In one study with mice, the results of McDougall's dog experiments were confirmed. Apparently, mice don't have souls either. One experiment published in the Journal of Scientific Exploration in December 2001 by physicist Louis E. Hollander Jr. called the unexplained weight gain transience of the moment of death. He tested the weight of one ram, seven ewes, seven sheep, and one goat at the moment of death, 
seeking to explore upon McDougall's purported findings. It was found that the seven sheep involved actually saw inexplicable rise in body weight of 18 to 780 grams for a brief period of one to six seconds directly after their heart stopped before the weight would once again return to normal. This did not occur in other animals in the study. What might have caused this is presently unknown, but it was fascinatingly consistent across all seven adult sheep. In 2009, this experiment was subjected to critical review by Masayoshi Ishida in the same journal. Ishida found Hollander's statement of a transient gain of weight loss was not an appropriate expression of the experimental result, though he admitted the cause of the force event remained to be explained. He also warned about possible malfunctions of the weighing platform in two of the cases. Similarly, Inspired by McDougall's research, physician Gerard Newham proposed in 2005 a follow-up experiment based on utilizing an array of electromagnetic detectors to try to pick up any type of escaping energy at the moment of death. He offered to sell his idea to engineering, physics, and philosophy departments at Yale, Stanford, and Duke universities, as well as the Catholic Church, but he was rejected. So that's what I found out about the soul. If you, and the 21 grams experiment, um, 21 grams experiment was actually a movie too, or it was called 21 grams. Um, so there's a lot of like media stuff out there that you can find, but I ended up into a rabbit hole of like existentialism and philosophy and all kinds of stuff. So if you're really interested in learning more about how other cultures and religions view the soul, like this will take up a, a week's worth of your time, especially since you uh, probably don't have anything to do during quarantine. So uh, that's it. I hope you enjoyed. I look forward to doing something next time with you. Wink, wink. <laughs>